everybody, this is James and Abil and Mikey. And this is the Movie Pals podcast with the uh, guest host Mikey. So uh, today, unfortunately, Marco could not join us for this one, but uh, Mikey, last minute, I got to say, um, I really appreciate it too, by the way, is Thank joining you, us Mikey. for part of this podcast. As this is a, we talked about it last time, this is a double feature that we're doing. Heavy hitters. Today, we're going to. Mm, some might say yeah for one of them at least maybe i'm not sure so we're going to be uh reviewing the new i guess sony pictures film venom let there be carnage the sequel to the 2018 film venom as well as the new 007 film no time to die which is the last daniel craig era film as the, the titular character so good times await as you guys know we previously recorded and talked about every single 007 movie so you, some might say that we are a bit of uh, either fanatics i guess or we are the james bond podcast is what <laughs> podcast, mark would so. say <laughs> the. yeah so just to let you guys know we've seen a lot of them so we enjoyed a lot of you know the references and such but you'll hear about that later so for now let's get into what we've been watching Hey, what you watching? All right, so uh, just because we're doing two movies this week, we're trying to keep this one down a little bit here, try to keep some semblance of organization. Mikey, I'm going to start with you as our guest here, starting off with a guest. I know it's uncommon for us to do. Anything you've been watching, reading, playing, anything, just stuff you thought about? anything at all uh, what well, have you been I've up thought to about a lot of stuff but uh the movies i've been watching lately or the shows i guess halloween time so i've been trying to watch a lot of halloween stuff uh lately so everybody's been talking about the squid game i know i'm kind of kind of late into the game here for this one here but uh it's actually pretty interesting i liked it a lot actually it was pretty good um did you finish it yeah i finished it uh, i finished it in one day nice. so oh wow oh damn wow Okay. Yeah, it's Committed. you know Bold. It's Korean hunger games. I, I guess is like the easiest way to say it. Um, it's people get down on their luck with a little twist, a little bit of money. yeah, yeah, and uh, they put up their their you know their lives for some kids' games. Basically, that's about as easy as it can be without giving too much away. I guess that's pretty much the premise of the movie. But it's it's actually pretty good. It is Korean, so it's subtitled or dubbed. Uh, one of the two. How do um, you watch it, Mikey? That's the question. Are you watching I, it subbed or dubbed? I cannot stand. Netflix's uh, dubbing, their English vocals Portuguese, are huh? nice. terrible, <laughs> are just absolutely horrible. So I have to read. That's fine. Yeah. I'm not it is bad. Do. Yeah. By the way, I've watched the first episode, so I'm I'm working on so this one I, now too. Yeah, first episode. So I've seen the first one, and so I I did switch it to the dub just to see what it sounded like, and I was like, nope. I, I heard like one line. I was like, nope. Here we go. We'll go back to Korean, I guess. In- instantly bad. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. especially because I don't know if you ever watch Korean movies, they're all kind of. They act the same way a little bit. So, like, it just doesn't yeah. mesh very well with the English language, I feel like. I don't know. But it's pretty good. I liked it a lot. Uh, I could see why people got kind of crazy about it. Um, it was a fun watch. Especially at the end of the first episode, I can already tell. I was like, ooh, this is going to be good. So Yeah. 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 And, and you don't really feel that. like you want to root for that character, at least at first. So, that's it. it's, it's it, a lot of it's playing against tropes. So, yeah, and anything else, that. Mikey? And uh, I've been watching a couple movies. So, one I'll mention here is... Uh, that movie called Trick or Treat. Uh, it's actually a little bit older film. I don't know when it was done here, but uh, it's just a nice Halloween movie. Um, there's like five like main stories that go along with it. 
uh, like that little mini stories they all go around like the same area and they all kind of intertwine together um in some way shape or form i know i can't really tell you anymore that it's, really an, it's kind of an anthology series with like yeah. a, a central story it came out 2007 actually so Seven. it's been a while now sounds about right yeah 14 I years i didn't even realize that either by the way that's so. quite some time yeah so i watch it every year as part of my i, I watch 31 scary movies in october is what i usually shoot I've, for i'm following you on your twitter i see that i'm like okay i wanted to try to do it with you but i was like because of the podcast and stuff we see just too many yeah. random things sometimes it's hard for me to just to stick to horror every single day yeah but cool challenge though I gotta is say. it the are same you, films? are you up to it like, is it the same films you watch every year or do you actually kind of choose different kind of horror films you know, I just I just pop onto one of the the you know the streaming services, just pick a random horror film usually, uh, whatever's floating my boat, and then if there's something related that's coming out, like you know Halloween Kills is coming out, I make sure to hit those ones up, so I'm kind of up to date on those kind of things. So, nice. not really a set list or anything like that, but just I wonder if it, I wonder if it'd be cool if you could do like a new one every like. It's probably possible, but like 31 days of like brand new horror ones you've never seen. I wonder if that'd be kind of cool. I mean, I see. I watch a lot of horror in general, so it probably would be really hard to find thirty-one fresh ones every single year. It's probably right. possible, but I mean, you go on Shutter. You can, fi- you can yeah, trust you me. You can find could. some shit. Yeah, yeah don't watch any horror for the year. You know, <laughs> stack them all up, ready to go by the time October hits. Yeah, I mean, Smart you probably move, could. Yeah. Maybe I should do that Smart next year. Move. I'll like find thirty-one films and just not watch them. Just be ready to go for next year. <laughs> and anything else though, Mikey? Other than that. No, not really. I'm Other than trying to watch a ton of horror ones. So you're all... So what are we at? 12 days? Are you about 11 or 12 in then today? I think I'm 10. I'm like two behind. I'll catch nice. up. Okay. You, yeah, you will. He said I had to do all this right. bullshit, so... <laughs> yeah, he's like... Yeah, so you guys got me on this, so I don't fucking... Could have already been watching some shithead. Like, oh, cool, thanks. Uh, Nabil, what about you? What have you been watching, man? Uh, actually... Got to see a film that we uh, aren't reviewing on this podcast that's still in theaters. So, you know, I'm cool. Say what? (laughs) (laughs) I got a chance to see the film The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, I don't know if you guys really know anything about Tammy Faye. I've never really heard of her before. It was a little bit before my time. Um, Only from what I've seen about the trailers and such. I don't even recognize the name Well, it's a biopic about uh, she was a... televangelist tammy faye baker uh in the 70s and the 80s and her and her husband um her husband's name was jim baker they kind of started from small beginnings of of essentially kind of makeshift preachers um and somehow be able was able to create the world's largest religious broadcasting network and a theme park um and their message was more about instead of some of the the more mega church pastors things that we see now theirs were more specifically about love and acceptance and prosperity and they were much more um let's say equal in a lot of sense M- mikey wake up sorry guys mikey's <laughs> dozing off mikey. yeah. <laughs> so tammy faye was apparently a very like larger than life kind of person she she was a bit vain like you know a lot of makeup a lot of showboating she did a lot of musicals on her show and and like variety things but also preached a lot and um essentially without going into too much detail there was a bit of a scandal between her and her husband that uh essentially destroyed their big media empire that they had in the 80s um i can almost guess it from the trailer by the way yeah that trailer shows a little too much 
It does show quite a bit, and apparently it's a very well-known thing because some of, you know, I, I guess the generation before us, it was a bigger thing, and so uh, a lot of people that I knew in, in, you know, the previous generation, like more Gen Xers, they knew all about this story, like it's very prevalent, and would talk to me about, oh, you've never heard of her? Like, such a she's such a big deal, that whole uh, Baker, you know, media empire. I will say this film is... You know, it's kind of hit or miss as far as like, oh, is this one of the best biopics ever? But Jessica Chastain is pretty damn amazing in this film. I think her her it's it's different from like some of the other things we've kind of seen her in re- recently, especially. She really is like transformed. She's she straight up pulled like a Gary Oldman. <laughs> this film, like, she looks like a different person. She acts like Tammy Faye because I watched a documentary of Tammy Faye after this film as well. There's an actual documentary where this film is based off of called The Eyes of Tammy Faye. And pretty much has her locked down. I guess it was a passion project for her. And she is just like, she's, she, it's it's incredible what she's done. In this. I haven't seen her act this good since, I don't know, what, Zero Dark Dirty, I guess. You know, so it's been, it's been a minute. So she's, dang, bro. Yeah, I mean, she's a good actress. <laughs> I always like Jessica Chastain. But like, this is like upper echelon, like really good work she's done here. Um, Andrew Garfield was in it too. He was Andrew Garfield. He was good, solid actor. You know, nothing wrong with it. But, but Jessica Chastain really stole the show here. Um, and since you guys don't know much about the story, I would say probably James. Like, this is a film you'll probably end up wanting to watch for like Oscar season because I'm sure she'll get nominated. Oh, fuck, I really don't want to yeah. watch this. So end up but, watching it is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, like, you'll probably end up watching this anyway. So I would say. So I'll probably own takeaway. this movie in about three months. Okay, cool. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> But uh, the Dude, film there's itself, a couple films coming out. I'm like, I don't yeah, this. it's an interesting enough film. There's a good story. The character you watch it, and you're like, this seems like not believable. Some of the things she does, but apparently mm-hmm. a lot of it is very true. Um, really? So, yeah. I mean, but it's again, it's a biopic. So it's somebody's real life. You can only dramatize so much of it. So, so makes sense. I mean, yeah. I don't know how much you're gonna really love it, but I think you might appreciate the acting in it for sure. So. I'll give you yeah, that. I mean, as much as I'm talking, I'm, I'll probably catch it. Let's face it, but I'm not going to see it in theaters. So no, no, it's. I think it's fine to to wait till it comes out on online. Yeah. But yeah, I don't want to give too much away about the story. But it is a very interesting story, and it kind of made me feel feel a bit for her and her character, and specifically Tammy Faye. Not so much about Jim Baker, but <laughs> of the way they portray her. But you kind of feel a bit and feel that she's a bit more genuine than it, you may le- be led to believe as you're watching the from the trailer. So, uh, great film overall. Enjoyed it. Uh, the other thing I watched was a TV show called Midnight Mass. I know, James, you had just recently finished that as well. Uh, I don't know, Mike, if you've seen this show yet. It's on my list. I haven't started it yet, though. Well, we won't spoil anything specific on here, but we'll let you know. You know, it's basically it's a community that's on an island off of somewhere off in New York, I assume. Um, And there are some there's there's a young priest that shows up. Very charismatic. And mystery happens. And there's and there's mysteries. Yeah. Mysteries start happening. I would say that without like ruining it, I guess. It's yeah, it's it's one of those series where. What's what, I can't? I was trying to remember the the producers of the other two or the creators of the other two series. Well, the director did. is Mike Flanagan, who I think Mike is Flanagan, one of the best. That's um, yeah, Flanagan horror did, guys out there. He did um, yeah. Haunting a Hill House and he did uh, Haunting a Blind Manor. So it's it's kind of similar. And also, he I mean he's also not just TV shows. He directed the uh, you know Doctor Sleep and right Hush and all that. Good so he's done some. Too. He's really good. The horror stuff is is really what it is here. And this, yeah. this is 
a much slower burn than I think the other two films. And honestly, it's it's got a great tone, very eerie, but it's not as scary as I think the other films. They have some elements in it. I mean, it's not that it's... I don't think it's necessarily trying to be like terrify you up in your face kind of thing, but um, it is just much more of a, a slower kind of horror to almost an extent of like a, a supernatural thriller um, at a certain point uh, of the film. Yeah. And... And I think it does a really good job with developing the characters in this show. Um, you get to spend a lot of time with each character, get a lot of their background. And that, I think, is different from some of the other previous shows. So this this wouldn't be something, I think, that you'd go into saying, I'm just trying to be scared and get a lot of jump scares, even though it does have some of those elements. It is, is creepy still. Yeah. It, yeah, it has that kind of creepier tone, especially because you're like on an island, weird things are happening, you don't know why. And I don't know, I don't know, James, if you felt like you saw the twist, I didn't. I kind of pegged it at a certain part and said, okay, I, I see where this is going and just wanted to see how they went into it. I did. Yeah. I did, unfortunately. And it wasn't ruined for me, at least, because I guess people That's were trying good. to ruin it on the line. But I knew from the first episode. I was like, I wonder. Yeah. Because <laughs> Which things, is unexpected, though. I'll say this much. They don't do a good job of hiding people in makeup, I guess, is what I'm saying. So you can tell when someone's aged... And like, Wait yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of. I'd say that's that one of the weaker you, parts. You know, that's I'm what's like, happening. Yeah, I was like, okay. that's a young person. I could tell. So I'm like, yeah. what the fuck. Um, I liked it though a lot. I think this is like the best show I've seen this year so far. Um, yeah, it is compelling, really, right? It, you yeah. you just wanted to see what was going to happen next. Yeah, and it's one of those like, yeah, they talk about. There's a lot of long monologues, but it really sets up characters and it brings up like the question about like religion, faith, and um, like your overall beliefs in you know with within a community i think too is how they kind of present it like uh, I think one of my favorite actors really well it's one of the first times yeah. i watched something and i was like especially like being a muslim as, as one of the characters are yeah are muslim who's kind of lost a bit of his faith but um they the the way they kind of share that is one of the better ways yeah, that i've dude, seen it introduced in television rahul coley is i've liked him since i zombie bro i've always kind of yeah, made a you, funny joke that like, looks before. like he could be this guy so i've been watching this guy for like fucking like seven years already worth of fucking stuff so and he was in haunting a blind manor he was the the chef i think in there yes he was and uh he has a very intriguing character but it's uh riley the main character kind of the main character i guess because everyone it's kind of like a ensemble starts out as as main character at least yeah yeah i really feel for his character and it it really man that that show is kind of a it's kind of a bummer actually without going into (laughs) everything on it depressing on the character by the end it's kind of like shit dude like it's one of those movies i mean shows sorry it's almost like a movie but it's one of those shows where by the end of it i was like man i need to watch something fucking stupid now to like get back in a decent (laughs) mood so family guy it is right so But, I mean, as soon as you get to, like, about the the last few episodes, things start changing to more of the, the horror-esque thing, and then it kind of then ends in a downer again. But um, there is some excitement Beautiful music. Yeah. Beautiful music, by the way. And the score is great, yeah. There, and some of the visuals, just being on the island, the sea, the... I mean, the the, the first scenes of the film um, pretty much is, is showing, like, white shots of just this island and what it's I would become. say it's very... It's because Mike Flanagan is like every Stephen King thing nowadays too. It it had a very Stephen King kind of vibe yeah. to the whole thing, so definitely. So Midnight Mass definitely worth a watch. And Mikey, if you ha- if you haven't had a chance yet, maybe would be a good one to add for for this. Now month, that you're so. done with Squid Game, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Go check it out. No, I'll definitely be watching it probably in the next couple of weeks because it's it's on the list and 
Yeah. I want to watch it in the Halloween and season. Technically, uh, and if only your thing counted an episode a day as a movie, you'd be fine too. <laughs> you'd be all done. <laughs> if I could knock out seven of them. So. Yeah. So that's what I've been watching. Uh, what about you, James? What have you been watching? So me and Mikey actually went and saw, it's in limited release right now, but it's a horror film, I guess, too. I guess you might consider it called Lamb. Staying on theme. I like it. It's the new A24 film. It is about a couple that's living up in Iceland. I'm not going to, I mean, fuck. I'm going to kind of spoil this, but if you've seen the trailer, you already know what I'm talking about. So if you don't want to know anything about Lamb, skip my part and just go to our review of Venom. Is there a Lamb in this film? Yeah, so it's a lady named Maria, played by Numi Rapace, and her husband Ingvar, played by Hilmer Snyder Gunnarsson. Sorry, I don't speak Icelandic. I'm trying. But they basically are farmers. It's a really isolated area in Iceland. They have sheep and, you know, they're planting seeds and shit. And it's like the season to do it. And basically one of their lambs or one of their sheep has a lamb that is a hybrid. It has half the body of a human and half the body of a lamb. And oh, that's not there what had I got been from the some... trailer. I didn't realize that's what was happening. <laughs> oh, Okay, well, oh, yeah. fuck it. Ruined it for okay. Nabil. Um, <laughs> and basically, Maria and Ingvar went through some pretty traumatic things, and she attaches to the um, lamb, which they name Anna. Pretty, um, I'm trying to, like, I'm treading lightly here. Mikey knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and they begin to raise it, and the movie is about some kind of strange forces in play that prevent this from happening. That's all I'll say. Some, some debauchery. <laughs> yeah, some really crazy, creepy shit happens. Is so, it, I mean, is, weird is it like very uh, triggering? Is it like very kind of graphic in its nature? Of which um, not real. I mean, depends what you're looking for, I guess. I mean, you see a real like sheep birth happen. <laughs> I mean, like, you're like, holy shit, that's kind of intense, but... I didn't think it was. It's it's a slow burn film. I mean, much like a lot of A twenty four films. Yeah. But they do a really good job setting up like the whole isolation of the couple, and then like later in the movie, his brother comes, and you know that's more of a that's in the trailer too. But I'm not mentioning anything that's not in there. And there's a kind of a overall kind of a tense feeling the whole time. Like you don't know where it's gonna go. And I really liked it. I thought it was really well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fuck the whole situation is like what. Watching a little person, like, you know, walk around and it's like half hoof and half hand. It's like, what the fuck's going on here, you know? (laughs) But I thought it was well acted. It is also technically a foreign film. They speak Icelandic in it, so it's all dubbed as well. So, not dubbed, sorry, subtitled, sorry. Even with that, it just kind of gives you a a vibe of it all. And the pacing I thought was good. Like I said, it is slow paced, but... It kind of, at the end, it did leave me wanting to see a little more, and they don't quite explain everything, is what I'll, I'll leave it at. Uh, Mikey saw this with me, too. I don't, I mean, what do you think, Mikey? Yeah, I mean, it definitely has, like, a just a vibe to it, and it's kind of creepy without being creepy. I don't know if that even makes sense, but, like, you kind of just get a kind of feeling from well i mean that's a fucking half lamb half human i mean yeah i mean how can that not be creepy right? right and like it just plays off it in a really weird way like just how the family reacts they, and that kind of stuff if it's anything kind of they play it off like it's completely normal and it's like, yeah, it's like I, i'd be like what the fuck right <laughs> right <laughs> like, yeah it's just because it's real life how this all happens and 
just the whole movie We're in cool general, with this? just like I said, a vibe is just it's just weird. Um, that yeah, and that's it's a very really strange way you can one. Describe it without like kind of giving too much out of the way. Um, but yeah, it's one of yeah, the more unique good. films I've seen in a while. By the way, oh yeah, so, definitely. So um, I think even you, Nabil, as much it's not really like traditional horror. That's why I think you you'd appreciate it. Plus, it has Icelandic roots. I know you like that shit sometimes. Yeah, oh, it definitely looks interesting. It's something I want to watch, but I, you know, the trailer kind of gives it that tone of like, there's some crazy ass shit that's on here, and you've got to be in the right mental state to want to watch it. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, you know, think of like it comes at night, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a good Well, if it's good like it comes that. at night, that's not so bad then. Yeah, I would say it's more like that. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more like that, less like hereditary, if that makes sense. Okay, see, there we go. That's, so that's what I'm that. saying. I think yeah. you actually would like it. That's why I'm like, you'd probably like it. Uh, and then a quick one I just want to bring up, because they it finally went on HBO Max. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but they put part one and part two of Batman The Long Halloween on there, the um, animated movie, actually, because it's part one and part yeah. two. Right. So this is based on the comic of the same name. I don't know if you guys have read The Long Halloween, but it's an excellent novel. It's about Batman pretty much investigating a series of murders that keep happening on starting on Halloween night all the way to the following Halloween. And I'll keep it brief, but I thought it was really well done. It's it changes a few things from the graphic novel. It's not a quite the same, but animation's really cool. I like the voice acting and if you have HBO Max, if you're looking for a fun Batman animated film, the second one's rated R for some reason. I don't know why. Tell you I truth. was going to ask you, are they rated R films? Because I know some. The first one's PG thirteen. The second one's rated R. Okay. Not I quite know the sure book why. Was pretty graphic though. Do they say? Yeah, this one is not that bad. They do say. I think they say fuck like once maybe. Well, that's PG thirteen then, right? Yeah. No, but I think probably. it's the violence. There's some. There's some stuff that happens. Like okay, there's a lot of people getting murdered in the second part, I guess. Uh, so I would say for the most part, it's it's really good. So and um. Like Josh DeHamel plays Harvey Dent. I think he's kind of the standout oh, in the whole I'm already movie. Sold, you know, yeah, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh shit, Bill's going to lose his shit over this. And truth be told, I was like, damn, he actually probably would make a good Harvey Dent like in a live action. He's a great Just actor. Thinking about it. Underrated. Yeah. Yeah, I actually liked him a lot. I was like, damn. Because like, they have like Jensen Eccles from like um, Supernatural. All right, oh, yeah. is that the yeah. show? He's Batman, and I think if anything, his voice is the one that's a little off because oh, I've never heard him do he it before. He I think he was playing Batman. I do remember that. Yeah, so I was like, oh, this is kind of weird, but everyone else is pretty solid. So uh, that's all I've been watching. I just wanted to keep it short. So let's get into our review of Venom: Let There Be Carnage. Lady, we should be out there snacking on bad guys. I am a predator. I need to be free. You have got to get control of your aggression, or you will get hauled off into Area 51. You live in my body. You live by my rules. I'm sorry. I don't know what came over me. Please let me fix it. So I can fix it again. You are a loser. Eddie Brock, I want to give you my story. People love serial killers. Please, why me? What's mine is yours. And what's yours is mine. I have tasted blood before, and that is not it. Venom, let there be carnage. 
It currently has a 59% Rotten Tomato score, which I have to say is better, better than the original film. So, you know, already doing well at the bet. What is the uh, first one at? Wasn't it like 16% or something? It was, yeah. It was, I think it was in yeah. the teens. Um, so, the film stars Eddie Brock. Once again, he attempts to reignite his career by interviewing serial killer Cletus Cassidy, who becomes the host of the symbiote Carnage and escapes prison after failed execution. This film, which I was surprised to learn about, was directed by Andy Serkis. Golem himself? (laughs) Golem. He has directed some other films before. Uh, yeah. Breathe in 2017. He also did Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle, uh, Legend of the Jungle in 2018. That's the other live action Jungle Book film that came out on. Netflix. I thought it was okay actually, though. I yeah, actually like that it one. Was pretty good. It was, and then Breeds, the okay. one with um, Andrew Garfield. Yes. Uh, so those are written by Kelly Mersel, who did Fifty Shades of Grey, the original Venom, and Cruella. And also Tom Hardy helped write as well. Um, if you didn't know, he also wrote his show Taboo, which. I think James and I both watched, and we're kind of mixed on it. Like, yeah. Dude, I still don't know what that show was about. Yeah, I still don't know what it really was about either. Dude, I was like five episodes deep into that. I was like, I just got to finish it now, I guess. I don't... And uh, supposedly, he's still going to make another season. He just said he's waiting really? on it or something. Because he did it with his dad or something, right? Oh. So, I was well, like... He's still going to do that. Huh. Okay. Well, so Tom Marty's always got like, something going on, guys. <laughs> that show was fucking wild, dude. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, so, it was based on the character created by Todd McFarlane and David Michelini. Uh, it was released in theaters October 1st. It's starring Tom Hardy, of course, returns as Eddie Brock, also Venom. Woody Harrelson is also in this film as Cletus Cassidy, a.k.a. also Carnage. Michelle Williams is back as Anne Weung, which, for the record, Michelle Williams looks weird in this film. Doesn't look like the Michelle Williams from the last film. I looked at her and was like, it's Damn, a different person. I, every <laughs> film I see her, I was like, she's different from the last time. Because she's turning into Renee Zellweger. You think so? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I thought she looked fine. I mean, nothing wrong. It's just she looked different. I was like, that's Michelle Williams? Anyways, that's a side note. <laughs> Naomi Harris. They're showing a, t- a change in time, you <laughs> asshole. Just She's older now. God, what a dick, Nabil. How does time work, guys? Uh, Naomi Harris as Frances Barrison or Shriek. Reed Scott as Dr. Dan Lewis. And Stephen Graham as Detective Mulligan. So... Not that we really need to rehash anything, because you, I think James and I have really beaten that down when we reviewed the first film. So I'm just going to get your opinion, Mikey, since uh, we didn't have you on last time we reviewed the original film. What were your thoughts? We actually of, didn't review the original film. Nicole. No, but we brought it up. You just, and we, we, we brought it up, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just in case, I just say that in case somebody's trying to look for an old episode, they're like, what the, the hell are you talking about? Yeah. They're like, Spider-Man? <laughs> so, Mikey, what were your thoughts on the original 2018 film? Uh, not very good. I, I didn't like it <laughs> at all. Basically, almost didn't want to watch this one um, because of that one. Um, obviously, I did watch it. Um, or I wouldn't be here talking about it with you guys, but uh, yeah, I didn't like it at all. Uh, just kind of just small things. I just didn't like how Venom and Tom Hardy or uh, Eddie Brock were two different people, and like he was shocked about everything that happened. I don't know. It just kind of <laughs> felt weird to me. And it just just sweating, sweating the whole, the whole fucking movie. Yeah. Did you know movie the like lobster way, tank so. scene was completely improv? Did you know that? That was Tom Hardy I, I did, did on the fly. That. Thought it was a great idea. You can always imagine the crew in there was like, "Fuck, Tom, stop!" And the guy, the boom mic guy, just holding it like, "Fuck." Yeah, you know I mean, like, I'm gonna like, get this, this one. Is my fucking. The life. sound mixer's gonna kill me. <laughs> this is my fucking life. He's like, "Fuck," like, 
Yeah, I mean, famously, me and Nabil fell asleep during the first time seeing this film. Which so, is uh, more famously for James than it is me, because I fall asleep on pretty much anything I get bored of. So, I mean, I knocked out. I mean, I knocked out like 20 minutes in and woke up with credits rolling like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> like, I don't... I was like, oh my god, like, holy shit, man. It was like 8 o'clock at night, too. I was like, it wasn't, that, it wasn't even that late. But, um... And rewatching it, man, I, ju- I rewatched the first one before this one just to... Yeah, me too. Get it. And dude, I I rewatched it and I was like, dude, this movie still sucks. Like, I don't like this the first one at all. <laughs> so so I guess we couldn't really figure out the appeal of why it was a box office smash. I know that people are saying it's I think kind of well, a, cult a lot classic. of people just like Venom, I guess. Yeah. So they just went for it. So and well, that made Spider-Man a lot of money. Universe as well, right? Like Spider Man's like one of the most popular superheroes ever. So yeah. just having another character in that same world, just impossibilities in the future. Like, why would you not want especially to watch with the that fir- movie? Especially with the first one, I would say too, Mikey. Like, yeah. just. Tom Hardy's a pretty good big name too, and I mean, up until these movies, I was like, man, he's a really good actor. And these, I was like, I don't know what. <laughs> so, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with the acting. I think it is more just the fact the duality, like Mikey said. That's ridiculous, no, but that's not you know? the problem. Like, I just didn't like how Eddie Brock and how he portrayed like what was happening. And yeah. we'll talk especially about in the first on, one. Like, but... he has his accent is in and out too. Yeah, it's so bad. Yeah. I'm hey, like, I mean, dude, he's better than Topher Grace, right? Act- right, guys. <laughs> Actually, rewatching, no, no, I don't, I don't believe that statement anymore. I rewatched Spider-Man three recently, and it was okay. It's better than Venom. There, that's what I'm saying. Wow, fair. I would agree, actually. Well, let's talk about uh, the new film, uh, Let There Be Carnage, James. So, what did you think about this film? I, I didn't like, th- I didn't like this movie at all. <laughs> was it better was than really the last bad. one? For in your opinion. It was just as bad, in my opinion. <laughs> I I don't think I don't like the direction that I, I'm with Mikey. Dude, everything yeah. Mikey just said, I could say the same thing for this movie. It just continues the same stuff. It's consistently at a point where like Eddie Brock is never likable either. So like I have He's a not. I have a problem watching movies where like they like I, I get it. You don't have to like every character, right? But damn, the main guy, you gotta like him a little bit, right? Well, and they and try they to make, make him an anti-hero, right? Like specifically, they really lean in at this film. Where Venom is trying to be the anti-hero. Because the theme is, is that he wants to be the savior. He wants to be a hero. Um, yeah, but by the time like Venom's like in a in a rave scene and he's like having a speech, I like checked it. I looked over at Mikey a few times and I just kept shaking my head during this movie, dude. Like me and Mikey saw this together and I was just like, fuck, man. Like I was just like, man, I'm so done with this fucking movie already. I was like, <laughs> I thought it had nowhere. a really poor yeah. representation of Carnage as well. I don't... <sighs> Like I get it, the last director was the director that did um, uh, Zombieland, so that's why he kind of included Woody Harrelson at that little post-credit scene, right? To you know, like in case they got a sequel, and then I mean, truth be told, they probably should have like recast that role. In my opinion, I didn't feel threatened by him ever. And Carnage is supposed to be like the craziest, scariest fucking thing, and I feel like he was underused for some reason in this movie. Yeah, he wasn't very prevalent in the film for somebody who's actually in the title of the movie. But also, yeah, and I just, kind of feel the yeah, same sorry, way about Carnage, right? Like, yeah. it's still Carnage and uh, Cletus, right? It's not mm-hmm. like one person. So, like, they're always fighting each other. They're always talking to each other. I feel like that's just really weird. Like, I feel like... But I guess that's had... the whole symbiote, symbiote. But that's, I mean, that's I a part of that for, character, but, though. Yeah. Car- Carnage? Car- that's, I think, one of the big things between Venom and Carnage. I have like, a... Carnage is always... Sorry, okay. just to say, Carnage was always... Yeah. Um, like against being with their hosts you know like it was me for carnage versus venom is us 
And that, that was always yeah, like true. a dynamic there. Now, well, you know a lot more about the Spider-Man shit than probably any of us here, but did did they explain in this movie exactly how Carnage even came out? Was he just from Venom mixing with uh, the blood of uh, in this in uh, this film? Yes, that's Cletus? what it was, right? He he bit him, and so because he yeah, bit but him, he took they some never of his really blood. explain that that well. It's kind of just like just roll with it. Now he has it. Yeah. I was like, that they was kind of poorly fucking told. Yeah. So and once it again, was, that's in the trailer. We're not. And and that relationship between Andy Brock and Cletus in this film um, was kind of forced. You know, you were just all of a sudden supposed to say they had this history never brought up in the previous. There wasn't even like a little Easter egg of it, except to the got to the end. I'll talk about like I'll talk about that at the spoilers too. Nemo, there's a scene that they want you to feel like connected to it. I was like, "Mm, what? Right. And I think they did like was there a montage kind of in the film after like the initial (laughs) interview? Like they just sped up forward and he became. You know, Eddie Brock became on top suddenly. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> What's happening over? And yeah, uh, they uh, actually sentence? no, they did do that. Yeah, yeah, which God. I thought was kind of weird just to perpetuate. And then we have the other character here, um, which I thought was was a nice change. They they introduced Shriek, um, kind of convenient as far as uh, you know, trying to resolve what happens at the end. And and for those of you that maybe haven't seen it yet, you could probably guess from the name of Shriek and the weaknesses of the two, you know, symbiotes, what could uh, come off of this. Um, so a little on the nose, but I thought that Naomi Harris is, I like Naomi Harris. She's good. She's, she was fine in this film, but her character didn't bring much until they really got to the end. And, and that whole relationship between, I think, Naomi Harris's character, uh, Francis Barrison and Cletus Cassidy. Okay. <laughs> I just needed a reason to bring Dude, her I don't. Dude, I, I don't think she was necessary at all, yeah, though. Yeah, she really wasn't. Truthfully, before I got the name on here, man, from IMDb, I didn't even know her name. So I was like, the, the lady with the scream powers. Yeah. Like, why was she there? <laughs> she could have probably been removed and, man, I don't know. It was, it was like Cletus's motivation, I think, right? That was the purpose of him being in there. I guess, but, but it was such a weak motivation for me to think but of that. Because give her powers in order to have yeah. that motivation, right? She could have just been some girl and it would have been just the same. Right. Yeah, but then I Mikey, that... the movie won't happen though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but then reasons, Mikey. <laughs> yeah, this is like uh, the honest, not honest trailers, whatever the uh, uh, pitch meetings. Yeah. Except for the movie to happen. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, what did you guys think about Stephen Graham in this film as Detective Mulligan? Anybody I like have him. any? He's, film? Yeah, he's, like... he's always like. Uh, I remember him from um, the Rocket Man movie where he's the uh, his first like um, agent, I guess, or whatever, or the producer. Mm-hmm. And, well, he uh, was in. I mean, he was uh, Al Capone, right? In um, uh, what's Boardwalk Empire. Board, Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, I never see. I I know that, oh, but I, I've that. never seen no. it. So seen I've it. never seen that either. Actually, but uh, truthfully, he didn't need to be in this movie either. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's in the name. There's a Mulligan, you know, like he's because. And oh, I don't up. want to spoil too much. About <laughs> it. That's being too smart. Shut up. No, no I don't want to spoil I'm, I'm, I'm a veto end, this one. But it no. seems like there's more that's going to happen with this character. I feel like because um, I don't know. Is he it infected just at weird. the end? Oh shit! Sorry, that'd be spoilers. <laughs> well, there's something weird during the film. Like he's introduced. He has his whole backstory, the connection with Shriek, and then suddenly there's this like you know the the ending happens, and it's like. So what was the point of his character? There's got to be. I feel like this was like this whole movie is like a part one to a part two that we never got to see. Yeah, no, I, that's I, a good. I think his character was just justification or more background for uh, Shrieks. I don't. I don't feel like he's 
they need the spark in somebody, bro. You know, that's what (laughs) the duality. I guess, man. It was weird. I was like, what the fuck, man? He's like, I killed her. I was like, did you? (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about it in the spoilers before we do. Uh, I mean, you know, let's get a general feel of what we thought about this film. We'll start with you, James. How many stars would you give this movie? I would give this two stars out of five. Okay. That's a little generous, I know, but I mean, I, I don't know. I wrote it on Letterbox at the time. I'm, I must have felt strong about something. He's like, so. you know, okay. <laughs> D- what about you, Mikey? How many yeah. stars would you give this film? Uh, one. Ooh. I mean, I, I really, I mean, honestly, like I was saying, I didn't even want to go see it the first time. Obviously, it's a big movie. I'm going to go see it anyways because obviously we see pretty much every movie that comes out. So, you know, it's just it's something that's just going to come along, but I wasn't excited about this at all. And it was more of the same stuff that I didn't like in the first one. So, uh, since I didn't like the first one, I didn't like it the second time around either. So, uh, yeah, it actually got a lower score than like what I would give Venom just because I actually knew what I was going into this time and I still didn't like it. So I don't know. (laughs) It's a lower score. So the shock of the experience is, it was (laughs) exactly. Yeah. (laughs) I was a little bit more generous. I did give it two and a half stars. Um, and mostly because I kind of thought it was a bit more funny that they leaned into the campiness. And so I gave it that. They had jokes. I kind of chuckled a few times. You know, How I much did you give it, Nimble? Two and a half stars. So I mean, you're making it sound like you gave it four. No. <laughs> Not that much. If you have to but, justify your two and a half, it basically Yeah, I had to justify it. I mean, he gave it that extra half. I get, what'd, you, what'd you rate the first one? Uh, I rated. I think I rated it one and a half stars or two stars. Maybe oh, I, man. Two I gave stars. it two. I gave the same for both, basically, because like I said, it's just as bad. That it's might be bad. why you gave it. Two. I don't. I don't want to rewatch this, but I mean, <laughs> no, neither do I. It'll well, we happen it, one right? day. Yeah. So. Well, now um, I think we'll, we'll go into spoilers here, and we can discuss why we might want to re- rewatch this or continue with the franchise. Um, or just but watch the you... credit scene, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much if you haven't uh, seen it yet or you're not you want to kind of cover yourself up from any spoilers skip ahead a little bit we'll talk about our next review which is no time to die otherwise uh give us just a few minutes and we'll we'll go a little bit deeper into venom let every carnage All right, so spoilers. The thing that everybody really talked about online and what anybody really cared about was the the mid-post credit scene where essentially, apparently Venom gets transported into the MCU or at least Sony's version of the MCU and Spider-Man is there. Our Tom Holland Spider-Man. I mean, that's interesting. I thought they were pretty much done with this. Does that mean, I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think this is a tie-in to the, the new Spider-Man film, the Doctor Strange film, or is this going to be like a separate thing and they're just like, look, he's in the same universe now for some future scene. I think it's probably tying into the Spider-Man movie, the new one, uh, No Way Home? No Way Home. Right? Yeah. No Way Home. Because it, it looks like it's right after the events of, uh, it's J. Jonah Jameson talking and looking for Spider-Man, like right after the events of... Uh, Shit, what's the second one called? Far From Home. Far From Home. Too many I'm homes, assuming, right? right? Yeah. Too many homies. Home so, Or maybe, I mean, 
I think, or maybe have like a cam. The rumors is he probably has a cameo in the new Spider-Man one, not a full-blown thing, but maybe like a cameo. I would. I want to see. Think, I want to see Venom with that stupid white fucking spider thing. Yeah, that's the way he's going to get it. Right? Is is that he interacts with Spider-Man and then he? I think that's the one thing I do like. Seeing that mid-post-credit scene was Venom wanting to be a hero. And now he's going to get that will hopefully carry through to whatever interaction he has with Spider-Man because he'll want to actually be that hero. <laughs> Give Creepy. Some Creepy. Suit. Okay. Yeah. And like end up becoming Venom with the spider thing and do some of the similar things like with the webs and everything. So, you know, that'd be an interesting thing. Do you guys think there's going to be emo Spider-Man though? <laughs> like in the last ones, huh? There, you know, I feel like they might do a little bit of a tease of that. Just a very small, brief like cameo and then... Uh, or call back to it, but that's it. Like he'll he'll he'll. Do oh, do you think like he's gonna the symbiote? He's gonna be Spider Man's gonna get infected. You think again? Yeah, I think for a brief moment they'll have him something. Now I don't know if to do it from this film though. I don't know if to do. It I don't think so coming, either. Uh, far from I think there would be like, like there's a lot going on. Maybe eventual Venom three, he'll show up or yeah. Will they I make think... a full blown Venom versus Spider Man movie? I was just about to say that. Yeah. So I think in this next movie, it, there might be like a flash of him in the background or whatever. I don't think he's actually going to be in it at all. Like, you know, Eddie Eddie Brock's not going to be in this one. Or do you think, Mike, do you think it'll be like a post-credit? Like he shows up at the end? Yep, that's what I was saying. Like maybe post-credit, like they pop in. Just keep teasing us for three fucking years. Like another movie where they might be in the same world together. I could definitely see that happening for sure. Shit. Well, guess we have to see then. Is this Tom Holland's last contractual film with them? Because I think he's doing five I don't actually know about that anymore because they redid it. Because didn't he like start that, off so. with like just Spider-Man films, but then they like kind of included the other stuff yeah. as well, like they packaged it in or some, something. The like Avengers that. stuff, I think, were appearances yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. That's a good question. So, so be I guess to see where they go with it. I mean, I definitely would love to see a Spider-Man Venom film, like a proper one that isn't just like shoehorned in, like just a film between the two vil- characters. It'd be. Great. What are you talking about? We got Spider-Man three, dude. <laughs> That's all you need. With all like three kill other villains Peter, that they had in there, kill Peter Parker, please. Yeah, ridiculous. Oh, I mean, I'm sure that was a good film. I remember liking the film too. So yeah, so I mean, the film itself, it sounds like outside of the the eventual, hopefully mashup between Venom and Spider Man, there, I don't know how much longer they can really keep this film going as a standalone. There are a lot of other symbiotes. There are a lot of other like things that you could do as an expansion of Venom. But most of it really doesn't work without Spider-Man. Like they do have like yeah. other other suits and things that they can create, and he can have more kind of quote. But children, it seems like it would just be the same goddamn thing after a while. It you would. Know I mean? It would end up being kind of the same. thing. My my thing is, I wanted to bring up real quick was like the fact that they tried to make it like I just wanted a friend at the end. Yeah. And then he goes fuck this guy and he eats he eats him. But I was like, does that mean Carnage is totally gone, or is it in the detective now, or? Does the detective yeah. have powers? What's going on? That's, I don't. <laughs> that's what I think is interesting is that detective because he technically looked like he was still alive. So yeah, I don't know if he ended up getting. He I don't evil? remember seeing this the, like any of the alien thing come on him and like absorb it. So yeah, sure. <laughs> so sure didn't I don't, come on him at all. He definitely did not come on. Him. Yes, I just realized what I said. I was like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "Oh, I didn't. I didn't want. I don't know if you saw the same one. What website you watch this on? It's, it's not Venom. Yeah. So, so I don't. I don't know what what that's supposed to lead into. Um, and I honestly am not familiar with the character. I don't know if it's made for the film or not, Detective Mulligan. But 
um, I guess we'll just have to see. Maybe maybe it'll be worth seeing the next time, and so it'll actually have a 75% Rotten Tomatoes score because, you know, it'll keep... He apparently becomes a symbiote up. named Toxin, by the way. I just looked it up, so... Ah, uh, so that's there that's one go. of the other ones, see? So. Yeah, and he looks like a he looks like a little bit of carnage, but... He's the symbiote thing can only go for so goddamn long yeah. before he, we're like, there's this a lot is of the them. same no, movie. Green carnage. Yeah. I, no, he's not. He's, he's red. He's just red, too. He yeah. looks more like Spider-Man. Just to okay. get toxic, he would, you know, never mind. Anyways. Just have Spider-Man fight this mother. Just throw the Venom guy into fucking... But it's Tom Hardy, though. Venom it's going to be hard to... <sighs> He'll direct the next film, guys. Don't worry. He's getting there. He wrote this part of this. He's going to direct the next one. Yeah, he's going to be like, I'll do it myself. I'll do it myself. I'll fund it so myself, that, too. That was terrible. Anyways, yeah, that's our review of Venom. Any last comments, Mikey, Nabil? Anything you guys want to mention? I know, Nabil, you kind of said your two pieces, but Mikey, I know. I think you and I are the same boat, too. All three of us, technically. Just uh, see it I See mean, it only because you're a slave to Marvel stuff, too. I mean, no, not really. I mean, if you liked the first one, you will like the second one. Right, I mean, because it's yeah, a I would lot say of the that, same yeah. stuff. I mean, it's if you if you didn't mind stuff that you happened in the first one, all they do is just amplify that to the max on the second one. So, True. if you're one of the what was it, sixteen percent or whatever it was, uh, that people that liked it, <laughs> go watch this movie. It was you'll like this. I thought Mike was one of sixteen people that liked this fucking movie. Go for it. It's a tight ninety <laughs> minutes, so you know, get yeah. really it is very short. I'll say that much too. It's shorter than the first one, so. Mm-hmm. It was over before I knew it, and I it couldn't have ended any sooner. No, could not. Because <laughs> I literally was like, can this thing fucking end? And then if we saw that there was a credit thing. I was like, fuck, we got to wait. So, you know, that's our review of Venom. Let there be carnage. Uh, Mikey is going to be dropping off now as our uh, next film we're going to be reviewing. It'll be just me and Bill reviewing No Time to Die, the uh, final Daniel Craig 007 film. So thank you, Mikey, for joining us. We really do appreciate you. Thank jumping you. on we know that it was kind of last minute and you filled right in we really do appreciate you man yeah no problem thanks for having me we used to be able to get into a room with the enemy and now they're just floating in the ether when our secret finds its way out it'll be the death of you oh my god target enough people and the people become the weapon. Who is he? James, you don't know what this is. James Bond. Licensed to kill. In love with Madeline Swan. I could be speaking to my own reflection. Only your skills die with your body. And life is all about leaving something behind. All right, so now we are into our main review here. Or I mean, second part of our double feature is just me and Nabil now. Mikey logged off to the, the forever to the, world. To the ether. Ether. To the ether. So uh, right bef- before we get into this, just as a overall, I'm actually, I'm, I structured it like we did our other double seven uh, reviews. So right off the bat, spoiler warning. So we're going to spoil this movie. So if you don't want to get spoiled by this, stop listening now because this yeah. has a fairly big twist to it all, or not a twist, not even a twist. It's got some spoilery stuff, especially if you're a big fan of the Craig movies. Go and do yourself a favor, watch it first, then come back. Yeah, don't you know? We want you to listen, but you, you got to watch this film beforehand. So find your three hours. 
Go and watch this film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come back. Take you three hours. <laughs> I even had to go to the bathroom during this one myself. So did you really? Did you get up? I tried. I held it. I was like, no. I did no. like an hour and a half in. I was like, I have to go real quick. <laughs> But I, I left during a. I love. Yeah, I got up because like seven other people got up, and I was like, "Is this the time?" <laughs> so, uh, so this is No Time to Die, the 25th James Bond Aeon production film, produced film, I'd say, uh, sitting at 84 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, James Bond has left active service. His peace is short-lived when Felix Leader, an old friend from the CIA, turns up asking for help leading Bond onto the trail of a mysterious villain armed with dangerous new technology. This is directed by Kerry Joji Fukunaga, who did the movies Sin Nombre in 2009. He was in charge of True Detective in 2014, the TV show. Uh, directed the movie Beast of No Nation in 2015, and recently, more, most recently did the TV show Maniac in 2018 on Netflix as well. This is written by Neil Purvis, who did... Uh, so Neil Purvis and Roger uh, Robert Wade wrote all these. They did all the Craig films, by the way. So they're the same writer for all those. Uh, Kerry Joji Fukunaga, the director, also helped write this as well. Uh, one of the bigger writing credits he has is he di- uh, he didn't direct it, but he wrote it part one in 2017, and he was he was rumored to actually might be one of the directors. I think for part two, but then they changed it at the last second. Uh, and then Phoebe Waller Bridge, by the way, the star of Fleabag. Who also wrote Fleabag and Killing Eve, um, helped write this too. So yeah, there's Archie, that. she gave uh, quite a contribution to the film as far as writing to help kind of punch up the final draft. Yeah, that's that's actually kind of good, uh, cool in a way because I I did not know that. So who's double seven in this movie? This is Daniel Craig, his final film. He's he's fifty three now, but when he filmed this, he's most likely about fifty one. Just I just want to bring that up. This fifty because yeah, this movie was delayed long. quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I think originally it was coming out early, early 2020. I think. 20, was it 2020? Yeah, I think. It was I think so. Something like that. Then it got pushed. Then it got pushed again. It pushed and pushed and pushed and more. Like a, some disaster happened or something. I'm, I'm not quite sure. So, the, the main Bond girl here, uh, much like the last one, is Doctor Madeline Swan, played by Leah Sedu. The villain here is Lucifer Safin, played by Rami Malek and Ernst Dauber Blofeld, played by Christoph Waltz, to a point. Stars a plethora of characters, but let me go through it here, guys. Just so you know. Anna de Armas is Paloma. Lashana Lynch is Nomi. Ralph Fiennes returns as M. Ben Winshaw returns as Q. Naomi Harris returns as Moneypenny. Rory Kinnear returns as Tanner. Jeffrey Wright returns as Felix Leader. Billy Magnuson is Logan Ash. Uh, David Denkick is Valdo Abrochev. And Dolly Bensala is Primo aka cyclops and like i said we're making this just like our other double seven one so you can kind of listen all back to back here so what's the villain trying to do here Safin is getting revenge on the world for his own losses by killing millions of people using the heracles dna based bioweapon which he stole from mi6 blofeld meanwhile is trying to restore specter and eliminate bond using heracles how does bond save the day bond unknowingly kills blofeld by infecting him with heracles during an interrogation Later in the film, Bond infiltrates Stefan's island along with Nomi using the Royal Navy to destroy the Heracles program along with the island compound. During this, Safin and Bond fight with Bond killing Safin by shooting him, but in the process infects 007 with the Heracles virus, whereas he can never touch Madeline or his own daughter. 007 dies, sacrificing himself to destroy the island. Oh, spoiler. And that's the spoiler we're talking about. We ain't fucking around here. 
So, Nabil, right off the bat, I got to ask you, what did you think about this one? I thought this was a true sequel to Skyfall. That's what I think it was. I thought this was a way, this was a great film. You're like, fuck happy endings for Spectre. Yeah. Nope. (laughs) Nope. I don't believe this. Spectre definitely had its faults, but I think this was a much stronger sequel to to Skyfall. Um, And I think it was a good cap off to his character. I feel the villain, you know, it's not as iconic. It's a play off of Dr. No, essentially, right? Yeah. Kind kind of, but not really. Yeah. Which going into it, I mean, we I had thought prediction-wise beforehand that this was going to be Dr. No. Yeah, kind I think you full circle. It was trying to like was really but it wasn't. Be Dr. No. Yeah. It would have been cool if it was, but Yeah. But it was, I was close. Like, island compound. Yeah, poison, the compound. No. He's kind Fuck. of, you know, ambiguously ethnic even though that's not really what it was. <laughs> yeah, and the original one is it wasn't ambiguous, guys. Um Yeah. But no, I think I think it was a really good film. I enjoyed it a lot, and for three for a film that's literally almost like a full three hours uh, runtime, it paced pretty well for me. I thought it was there was a little bit of a lull probably around the bathroom break time for James, but uh, I think for the most part it was a pretty entertaining film from start to finish for me. What what about I agree? I think it I think it stacked up really well with I mean the Dan and Craig era as a whole has worked really well, and this coming full circle from Casino Royale. I mean, 15 years later, like this is this is kind of nuts, right? So, um, I loved it. I loved this movie a lot. I liked it. I thought it. I thought pacing wise, it did a really good job. Low wise, I mean, I, I, I everything happens for a reason. This movie, yeah, everything works to a point, and I liked the fact that a lot of the a lot of things are answered in this film too. I, I didn't really feel unsatisfied leaving, but I thought it was a good payoff for everything, and it was caps off the Craig era quite well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, fuck, they killed 007, for God's sake. So it's like, whoa, what the hell, right? So it was, uh, it was, it was kind of an eye opener for me. I was like, okay, well, shit. I mean, they, right? Yeah. I, at the end, I was like, there's no way. I was like, I was trying to think. I was like, they got to, they have to find, like, some fucking way to, like, save them, right? And stuff like that. But it's crazy. Cause, like I said, Spectre, if you technically, if Spectre had been his last one, he kind of drove off in the sunset, you know? All right. And then this one, it's like, well, not quite. You know, He's a so, tragic character, so they ended him tragically. Yeah, and uh, going with that, like callbacks, like for instance, they have that line of like uh, all the time in the world, which is a callback to Under Majesty's Secret Service, where yeah. George Lazenby's 007 gets married, and you know, as you guys know from our review, if you're sticking around, uh, his wife dies at the end of that one. Only time he's married in the films, and I guess first time he's had a family in a way, right? If you think about it. Yeah. And... It's one of those things where as soon as they said that in the first like nine minutes of the movie, I was like, something bad's gonna happen. I thought it was I thought it was gonna be her though, to tell you the truth. I thought, oh I was like, fuck, she's gonna die. Yeah, I like, thought so. that he would just have to raise the kid on his own kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, and even just that, like like for instance, I just going into that itself with his death and having a family, like I didn't see that happening either, man. I didn't think he was gonna have a kid. But no. well, as soon as she hints at it in the beginning of the film, it's kinda like, oh, yeah. She's pregnant. And then five years pass. They have a, like, a little, nice little time gap where you just kind of, he's just chilling in Jamaica for half a decade. He reti- I mean, it sounds like he, from what they were saying, he basically, he retired. He was done with it. Probably after like officially, officially, yeah. Well, he took down Spectre, or so he thought, right? So he's like, I ain't need to do any of this anymore. I'm done. Um, yeah, Blofeld's in prison. Mm-hmm. He's living his life out there. 
He's just taking showers and little outside shower things and brushing his teeth with bamboo. I mean, I I saw his place. <laughs> I was like, I'd leave. I'd leave it was pretty nice. Like yeah, was, why not? And see, that's why I thought even more. I was like, is this like, is this Doctor No? Like, this is it, right? Because he was but in then, Jamaica. Yeah. And they said, "Fuck you." So, um, <laughs> just the lines. I like like he's a lot. Uh, it feels like he's finally really the character of James Bond in this one. Which I guess some, I I don't know if you saw it or not, but some people did have some problems with this movie, saying it's it's basically a double seven movie with no James Bond. But I I kind of disagree with that. I thought no, I thought he was fully realized. I think he came into his element. He knew who he was. You know, he. I mean, even watching his interaction with the other 007 that was in the film that you know mm-hmm. played his play played the new one, he still had something to provide that was better than her. Like. He provided the leads on how to find uh, Safin, how to find the the guy's name who I can't remember the other um, agent that was there, the double agent, like uh, Logan Ash. Logan, that's what it was. Thank you. Um, like he was, he was doing. He was still able to hide away from from MI six to go um, hide with uh, Madeline. You know, like all those things he did as Bond, and so it was very charismatic. We saw him with Palomi in Cuba and was was still even even though that's one of my I mean, favorite scenes by the way it's it's a great scene but i have to say he felt like he intro- infiltrated this whole thing with a bunch of specter leaders like specter doesn't know who james bond is and what he looks like like come on dude i i almost feel like they almost it's because it's been so long it's been five years yeah. like i don't know but i mean yeah i mean that's part of the thing but You're um, like the number one villain that we were looking for. that was actually his last scenes that he shot by the way were the oh really scenes. Oh, yeah if you see his goodbye enough. speech he's wearing his little He's wearing Tom Ford suit. suit, and he's out there in the thing, and that's why the the reason why Anna de Armas is not really in the film too much is because she was added kind of late into it, and I believe it's because he uh, he was the one that actually recommended her because of working with her in Knives Out. Oh, so she was added late to the movie just to kind of be a support character. But I think she's really, I thought she was really cool. She's really funny too. Yeah, she was. Her um, character was good. It wasn't mm-hmm. a need for like a romantic thing, which is I actually no, which liked. is like she didn't even tell her like this is excellent. It shows you the progress of the character, but I think a lot of people are kind of saying like this is the death of Ian Fleming's James Bond. Like the next one's probably gonna. Well, there's only little... like I think they said there's like only three titles um, yeah. left that they haven't used, and they all sound like crap. They can, so. they can just yeah, James Bond in New York. Ooh, that yeah. one sounds fancy. <laughs> all right, so um. Yeah, no, and I mean that's what I. It's like the. It's like I think it's also good. Like this one is the first one too, where no one's like super over sexualized too. Yeah. Um, he doesn't sleep with anyone randomly outside of. Like, hey, his I own. mean Madeline. I think he does. But that's like his. Friends. That's like his, his lady friend. Yeah. yeah, that's his lady friend. I mean, so like it's not like he was like. Yeah, he hints at it with Nomi before he knows, but then I think he kind of already knew she was an agent. You know. So, oh yeah, that that was hilarious. Like that's not what I was expecting you to take off. Yeah, and then she like changes her accent from Jamaican to back to the British, and like ah oh, fuck, you know. Uh, I think this is the best one that M is in been in. By the way, like Ralph Fiennes really becomes M in this movie. Yeah, he wasn't so much in the last film. Um, he, I mean, he was just kind of like a pencil pusher on the side of James Bond and all this stuff. But yeah, this film, he definitely was like, I've got my own things going on. I've got my own reasons to do shit. I I'm in charge, kind of thing. I was like, okay, Ralph Fiennes. Did you like how in the office too they had the uh, Judy Dench and then the original M's M from yeah, the uh, Sean Connery and Roger Moore era too? I was like, damn. Yeah. I was like, so is this the same character? I don't oh, get everything's it buttoned up, right? They they trying they fucking uh, 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 Blumfeld was was killed off. They killed off all the Spectre. 
Like, you yeah. know, his car was destroyed. <laughs> they made uh, by the way, I do like that his, uh, the DB5, once again, uh, I hope we get to see it down the line eventually again in another movie, but uh, his second car, very cool uh, car, as well as his uh, car from uh, Living oh, da- the Living Daylights. Um, Sorry, yes. Living Daylights. That's his uh, car from there. Is that like, the car? Fuck. I was like, I was trying mm-hmm. to remember which car it was. That's his 80s was like, one. I was like, fuck. That's kind of funny. I don't get Are is it the same guy? <laughs> Am I supposed to insert all these other movies in between now? What the fuck's going on here? Uh, I actually did love the line when he says, uh, when he's introducing Madeline and his daughter to Nomi, he's like, they're my, then he's like, my family? <laughs> like, he just kind of whispers it because he's not used to saying anything like that. He's like, shit, yeah. like, you know. I thought that was very touching, and then it was. there's uh his, and then even Felix dies in this one. I'm like, is this reminiscent yeah, of fucking, fucking Felix? The Dalton films were hard. I was like, I love Felix. Me too, and I knew he was gonna make it. I was like, they're pulling the Dalton move where the sharks ate his fucking legs. Remember? <laughs> I was like, oh my god, is this the thing? But he doesn't die in that one. He just comes back with no legs. But I was like, he fuck it. They're again. like, they, it was a very much a finale where they're like, fuck it, we're just gonna throw these in. Like Felix yeah. died, and, and I, I like his line. Jeffrey Wright and, and this is character in this whole film. So because in the in the first movie Casino Royale, they're very much rivals in a way, and they they only work yeah. together reluctantly, you know, because he's like, hey, I suck at poker, so like take my money and do this and then they kind of interact a few times i think throughout the films yeah i think they and it was nice to s- solace i don't i don't know if he shows up in is he in quantum solace yeah, he's, he's in one more two i think he shows up i think he's oh yeah quantum of solace he is in that one that's the one with david harbour right yes yeah. where they're dealing with him and he's like why are we dealing with this guy and it's like mm-hmm. well because we that's have why to. his favorite place is cuba because that's where they were in quantum solace right? yeah because the cigar is a sign that he was there too just mm-hmm. to give him like a heads up like hey this is me and yeah, it sucks because he's telling him like about family and shit, and then he's like, "It's worth it." And then at the end, I was like, yeah. "And he died." Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? So it was a great. I I loved it, man. This is probably one of my top ten films of the year too. I had a blast watching this. I thought pacing wise, yeah, it's super long, but ah oh, man, I almost wanted a little more at the end. I was like, "Give me a little more." Well, what what did you think about Safin? Because I think that was kind of the weaker part of the film. Safin is the, the weakest part of the movie, villain. right? But it never took away because I mean James Bond is known for having some pretty either really good villains or villains that just kind of add to the you story. You see the memorable shit. Yeah, I love the intro scene. It was almost flexing kinda the creepy. whole horror vibes because Carrie yeah. Fukunaga, like I said, wrote the screenplay for it. So I'm like, he knows how to write down some crazy shit. And I, I it would have been cool to kind of explore him a bit more, but and also his his I was talking to Yasmin about this right. And, like, it's kind of confusing on, like, okay, are you trying to get revenge or why the fuck are you trying to, like, kill everybody now, right? So, but I guess it's kind of like he just is so f- deep into it at this point. He's like, fuck, I'm going to kill the rest of the world because well, of and my like, sadness what was the point shit, of his, right? What's his point of his connection with Madeline? Like, at first, yeah, they get to Blumfield, right? Because he's, But then he, yeah. he kidnaps her. Like, there is no real point to that. And even at the end, he lets go of the child. So, it's like, what is the he, point of her being I think there? he's he's in love with Madeline. That's why. Yeah, who's who, like... There are twenty years difference, I'm assuming, at least. Like supposedly, supposedly in the in the thing, I think because of his disease that he has, it, it made him like stop aging to a point, so he still looks a lot younger than he is. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, yeah, that's For the weakest reasons. part. But he does do possibly the most evil thing at the end, which is yeah, like super I fucked up. I, was I mean, like, if you want no to destroy way. Bond, he really destroyed Bond. That's yeah, he's his. like you would never touch him. And then I was like, hold on. And then fucking Q just nails it home. He's like, it's permanent. And I'm like, Q, can you chill? Well, he and he brought it up <laughs> earlier, though. So that was foreshadowing, right? He was he's like, like forever? You, you can't get rid of it ever? Forever. I was like, fucking Christ, man. Yeah. 
Let's stop the thing. Tell them to stop firing. We'll put the gates up. I'll survive. Get a boat over here. Put me in isolation. Let's figure this shit out. Yeah, just destroy the tankers. You know that were. But I also there. think he was mortally wounded, though. He got shot like three. He times. did. He got shot a few times. So I think that was the point. I was like, I don't think he's gonna way. make it. Period. Like, I think he's no. done. And I, I mean, killed this. More than likely, this movie is gonna be known as the movie that where James Wan dies. Which yeah. is kind of wild. Not as like the last Craig well, one. Well, because like, this is the one where he dies. It's never happened. He's now, never he's gotten close. Up. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And other people have died around him at this point. But it's like holy shit. So, yeah. Um, I gotta ask you then here, Nabil, going into this. Um, where would you rank it among the Craig films? This would be, I'd say, oh, that's if, you know, I think Skyfall is my favorite one still. Um, that. And of course, Casino Royale is really Same a here. great film yeah. as well. So I, I would, I guess, I'd have to rank it as three. I feel like if I watched it again, maybe I'd feel different, but I'd rank it as as number three of the films. So, I, I agree with you too. Yeah. It's about there. So uh, Skyfall, uh, Casino Royale, then this, yeah. then I guess Spectre, then Quantum of Solace. But I mean, who cares? Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, truthfully, I had fun with all the Craig ones. Um, I think personally, Craig is the best 007. You know, after watching all these two, I totally agree. Like, I know I really like George Lazenby of his one film, and then Sean Connery, of course, is great. But I a lot of throwback, a lot of callbacks to Banksy Secret Services, including yeah, the Roger, plot. In Roger a way. Moore, yeah, a lot of Roger Moore though as well. You know, which is which is kind of nice. So I was yeah, I was t- I was texting and I was like talking to people about it too, and it's like every every person has brought really good things. Like Connery's the OG, right? Uh, Lazenby, I think, would have been really good if he had more than one role, right? He was—he only had one role. Yeah. Moore is like the smoothest, probably, out of any of them. Uh, Dalton is where they started getting darker, and once again, if he had more than two movies, probably would have even done even better, you know, as James Bond. And then Brosnan, for you and I personally, you know, that's the one we grew up with, you know. So, uh, although his later movies are super cheesy, I think he had a he really had strong style start. In the earlier couple. Of Hell films, yeah, dude! Yeah. Goldeneye is a masterpiece, I think. So. Mm-hmm. And then Craig, I think, though, is like the best of all of them at this point. He is. He's an amalgamation so. of them all. He did a really good job of blending it in. And, and you know, everybody yeah. had their own cell. And, of course, Craig still has a touch to it, too. But I really do feel like, and, and I, I would say purists probably disagree because the the books were written in the 50s and, and 60s. So Oh, no, it's you know, definitely did. As somebody but, that's read like seven or eight of these for a class, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> but I think he is like an ideal version of what, james bond is supposed to be at least in a modern era like for sure he he's he is the epitome of all those uh different versions of him kind of put together and that story we got to see him from start to finish from from the moment he becomes a double o to you know the end of his life all uh, through the five films like you don't see that from the other films you just kind of see him he's bond he's there this is who he is he's a secret spy in this case you actually get to see this character develop from start to finish so and uh, leading into that then uh, if you stay to the end of the credits it does say James Bond will return like it does for every movie so that puts to rest anyone else becoming James Bond I guess so, so uh, it sounds like mm-hmm. what what would you like Nabil personally what do, or what do you think is going to happen here for the next 007 they said they're not going to start looking until next year supposedly I have a feeling they already have someone in mind but yeah um, I mean I think it's got to be somebody young I think it's got to be somebody who can I think they're going to go young too yeah. That's what it is right now. It's all franchises. So they're going to have somebody that can do quite a few films and probably short succession. So, I know people have been talking about Idris Elba, which I think would have been a good choice maybe like five years ago. I mean, but unfortunately, I think they're going to be thing, aiming. I think yeah. they're going to be aiming a lot younger 
I think I'd like to see Idris Elba as a double O. It would be a great thing to see, like a Golden Eye kind of thing. As I truthfully wouldn't mind seeing him as a villain too. By the way, yeah, I think Idris Elba would be a great addition to it. But it's going to be a young actor, and honestly, it's probably not going to be somebody we really know. Um, Which is fine by me, man. Yeah. Exactly. I'd rather see like unknown that. Is okay for me. You think um, it's going to be a reboot though? Like, is it going to be all new M? They kind of hint at the end, like, "Hey, let's get back to work." Or is it going to be like, I think it has to be a whole new cast at this point because this one kind of bookended think, the whole series for them, right? I think so. I think it'll end up being a whole. I don't know if it's going to be like a quite a full reboot, but I do think that it'll end up being kind of a new everybody around him kind of thing. And they might. It would have been great if they did, like, as a theory that they were talking about before these films where James Bond was a moniker, you know, like a code name. But since since essentially in Skyfall, they made it very clear that, no, this is him. It, this is James Bond. Yeah. yeah. Which, is, so that's, which that's I've always thing. said, like, okay, makes sense. Yeah. So in that case, it's going to be just, it has to be a new universe, you know, whether they just kind of continue on with the same characters. Like, Naomi Harris could still be... Uh, uh, Money Penny, Money and Penny. we could still have Q as the same characters, and M could still be there as well as Rob Fiennes, but... Um, I don't know if they can do that, because none of them have ever killed off 007, so in a way, like, this has... I think it's going to be a total reboot. You probably want to just final, finalize And the it. way... Yeah. From what I've heard, and I think it actually... I think they're going to go a little more lighthearted for the next one. I don't think it's going to be as dark. This is just theories here. This might not make sense, because I think they were... The whole start of Casino Royale was kind of a uh, because all those awesome power movies were making fun of the Pierce Brosnan movies, right, right. and the Bourne movies were like super popular at the time, so they were designed to be a little more grittier. I think they're going to lean back a little bit more into the gadgets this time around for the next series. Uh, there's a rumor that they could make it a period piece where it takes place starting in the 60s, which oh that'd be cool. Could be cool too if they're going to go back a little bit. Um, I as long as it's a British person i think it's fine although i think george lansby was australian right so he was australian i would say the only person that comes to mind right now just to my head that i think could do well who is young and british um would be like maybe harry styles i think he could probably pull that off i know he's got especially if they do something in the past like a 70s maybe thing I think he could pull off a Bond character like that because they could do... He's younger and he's... I say keep it unknown. Maybe it's somebody that we don't know. That's yeah. the thing. I mean, people have said it's going to be a woman. I, I don't think it's going to be. No. Especially with I mean, Barbara Broccoli's uh, comments. I'm like, I don't think yeah. that's happening. I mean, people. if they do it, why not just have a different character in that universe? Why Why make James yeah, Bond and the, a woman? Just The whole point of the Double Seven franchise is James Bond itself. It's not yeah. like a... So it's like, it's going to be a guy. No offense to the ladies out there. I'm just, once again, speculation. Maybe no. we're wrong. Make make a double O film, you know, or a series with a, a, a female lead. You know, that's not a big deal. But, I mean, it's like Superman doesn't need to be a woman. There could be a Supergirl, and she could have her own films. or, or Make other strong characters, just you know? like Daniel Craig even said yeah. recently in an interview. Like, no, I don't think they should. They should create just a stronger character that can play it, and that's the original character themselves. I'm like, yeah, yeah I mean. I don't see anything wrong with that. Challenge to the screenwriters, that. like, make some strong characters, you know. but Exactly. It's going to be fun to see who it'll be. I, I hope whoever does it, it's good. I mean, maybe it's a person of color. Maybe it's not. I mean, whatever happens, happens. I don't th- yeah, I don't think it means anything as far as, you know, ethnicity. No, not anymore. Nowadays, yeah. it's like, whatever, dude. But I think it's uh, They got some big shoes to fill is all I can say. So Yeah. Danny Craig did a good job with, with, how they, uh, with that character. And so um, it will be yeah. difficult to kind of do it. And I think something different is definitely needed at this point. 
Definitely. And what would you, uh, just ending it out here, what would you rate uh, No Time to Die on our starter rating system? Uh, I Only because of the the weakness of the villain. And again, not the worst thing, but um, I gave it a four star. Um, I think everything else really was damn near perfect. I also didn't think that Madeline and Bonds' relationship, they kind of made them more romantic in this film than they did in the last one because there wasn't a lot of chemistry. It kind of builds upon it in this one. Yeah, they kind of build it up a bit more in here and and forced that to happen, which is fine. But um, yeah, I gave it a four star because um, the, the villain, the whole motivation and everything that's happened was was kind of the weakest part of that film yeah they should have made him fucking dr no come on guys Fuck. yeah finish that call back yeah i give it a four and a half and a, out of five like i said so i'm, I'm mm. a big always been a big fan of these series we've watched every goddamn film plus the unofficial one and we look forward to the bond 26 let's see what happens from the sound of it i don't think we're getting it for a while so oh it'll be like another five years before we're gonna see another bond film i almost feel like it would be or like something like 2024 like fuck man so Okay, so that is it. That's the end of the podcast. Podcast number 109. Look at that. We did Way it. To go. Two movies. Done. What's next? We'll listen here. We're going to tell you. So first off, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for all the feedback, response, reviews. If you want to reach us, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviepilespod. Our Twitter, same uh, handle there. Instagram. I mean, good God, what else are we on? Google Podcast. Stitcher. Spotify. Radio iHeartRadio, all that good stuff. You'll so, find us. Yeah, you'll find us. Interact with us. We appreciate everybody hitting us up all the time, telling us new things to watch, things to not watch, sending us hate mail, stuff like that. So, I mean, just leave us a rating if you want to. Helps us out. Helps the algorithm out. People, more people have been discovering us. Guys. Share us. Let people know. You like us. You think we're funny. You know, tell your friend. Let your friend Tell your friend. Maybe not your boss. Maybe not your boss. Maybe just a yeah. friend. Just first, a friend. You know? I don't know. Let them Sometimes share we, with the boss. We drop Let them the get in trouble for listening much. to us on, on the, you know, while they're working. On the call, yeah. yeah. So next one is going to be a big one here, guys. This is episode 110. This is a very anticipated film that was also delayed that I believe was a few of our most anticipated films of 2020, but then it got bumped to 2021. It's so that is going to be... <laughs> and be confusing yeah. as fuck. Yeah, so we're going to be watching the uh, new Denny, <laughs> Denny Villeneuve film, Dune. So until next time, guys, this is James and Nabil. Have a good one.